What's new at Cold Wax Academy? As Rebecca and Jerry reach the end of their third year of live sessions, they are launching a new phase of programming aimed at reviewing and reinforcing foundation topics, beginning with color in their summer quarter that ends on July 5th. This summer's sessions will also include mentoring and professional development topics, as well as a painting clinic and a member critique. As always, members of Cold Wax Academy have unlimited streaming and access to over 100 previously recorded sessions, and a table of contents to easily find specific topics in the recordings will soon be available. For more information and to join Cold Wax Academy, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about downsizing for artists. The contents of an artist's studio tend to be anything but minimal. Most of us accumulate a lot of art supplies, not only for our current needs, but for other projects that we have in mind, or just because we love the possibilities suggested by a new material or tool. Then there is our inventory of older work, sometimes going back decades, as well as lots of miscellaneous items that tend to land in a creative space. Shelves, drawers, and closets become crammed as all of this stuff builds up. Whether you are planning a move or just want to clear out some space, downsizing is a major project. Today we'll talk about some of the logistics of dealing with an overcrowded studio or one that needs to be packed up for a move. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So lots of us go through this at one time or another, whether you're moving your entire studio or doing some kind of major clearing out just so you can have more space to work in and things have gotten a little cluttered. And if you've been through it, you know, it takes a lot of energy. You're constantly making decisions. There's physical energy, just moving things around. And it's a bit hard um, maybe for you as an artist because it becomes your total focus for whatever time you need to do it. Lots of times your actual workspace is disrupted. And so you may not be doing your artwork until you get it done. And that's that's another kind of hurdle. Um, I was thinking about the difference between clearing out a studio and clearing out other parts of your house. If you're, um, you know, maybe your basement or garage where there's a lot of sort of project stuff or things get stored and piled up and so on. And in a way, there there's a lot of similarities. But I, I do believe it's also different because when you're in your studio, a lot of what you're dealing with, you have pretty strong personal attachment to it, whether it's, you know, something that you've you've made um, or something you you want to make and you're sort of half done with it or um, all kinds of things that are just tied to, to your creative self and so there's a real there's a really deep sense of personal history in a studio that probably isn't as evident in other parts of your house if you're having to do that so um, what I'm going to talk about today, what we're going to talk about, because you've been through moving at least, is is based on experience because um, of the move out of the Wisconsin place 
two summers ago. And I'm also going to um, quote from a couple of friends or refer to a couple of friends. One is Allison B. Cook, and the other one is Cindy Stapper. And they both shared some ideas with me very generously because they also have been through this. Um, and in Allison's case, um, <laughs> she's doing it on a really large scale because she had has had a really large studio plus one in her house, so one in a warehouse and one in her own home. And her husband is also a studio, I mean, sorry, her husband is also an artist. And so between them, I think they have a lot of stuff to deal with. And they're moving to a more consolidated kind of situation, a smaller place. So big thanks to Allison and to Cindy for, for sharing with us today. And I will also say that there are I think of it as two aspects to all of this. There's the practical, logistical stuff, which is what we're going to focus on today. And there is um, there are a lot of emotional aspects to it, too. And so um, I'm going to save that discussion for a different episode. And today, just try to focus on what you need to do, maybe some ideas when you're kind of overwhelmed by... Um, you know, these kind of decisions, what to do with stuff. <laughs> so much stuff. Um, I know that some artists actually have kind of minimal studios, but most of us have an amazing amount of clutter and unused stuff and old artwork. And there's this overwhelming feeling when you first face it. And you're looking at this room <laughs> that's full of stuff. And it can help to just try to be really practical, really focused on the activity of sorting and moving things out to keep going. And and obviously there will be times when you're a bit bogged down by fatigue or emotion. Um, but keeping practical things in mind is what you really have to do if you're ever going to get it done. So I'm going to go through a few categories of things that people have in their studio and talk about ways to deal with them. And the first one I want to talk about is is your artwork and particularly older artwork that you have there. And I know that this is probably the biggest challenge that you face when you have to clear out your studio because if you have any amount of inventory any amount of older work, it means you have to go through everything and gauge how you feel about keeping it. And that, that could be rather grueling. Um, I asked um, Allison how she decides um, if she's going to keep something or not. And she said, there's no criteria per se, although most of what we have tossed is very old work, at least 12 years old, sometimes 20, 25 years or more. Um, in some cases, I have better examples of the same kind of work that I am keeping. So she's kind of editing and culling in that way. Um, I did toss a lot of works on paper, like prints and drawings that never quite worked. Um, paper stuff is easy to accumulate because, you know, you just stick it in a drawer. <laughs> and I know in my studio, I had I had flat files crammed with works on paper. It's It's like, yeah, you just stick it, stick it in the drawer and forget it, <laughs> and uh, it can go back for decades. And a lot of it isn't isn't what you would now consider any good. Um, 
Allison uh, mentioned that she's keeping all her sketchbooks um, to go through after she moves and she has a little more time. And it seems to me that that's a really important thing because, and I kept my sketchbooks too, because it may be more of a kind of a true record of your ideas and your progress um, in the sense of being of value to you as you move forward. So you can look back and see threads of ideas that maybe you're still interested in now. Um, and my experience in, in going through old work in my studio was similar to Allison's. Um, like I could look at things and recognize that there could be an appeal to um, a lot of this stuff to someone else and someone else might really appreciate it but it didn't have much interest to me <laughs> and so um, I'll talk about you know kind of how I dealt with that but you do sort of ask yourself um, like what like Allison said what what do I um, I don't have any criteria per se so you're sort of like what do I want with this piece of work and it can vary it can vary a lot but overall is it something that um just marks your development or your progress in which case you know take a picture and get rid of something that isn't really that good um and i was i would just ask myself do I want this in my new life in my new situation and i and i was moving and allison is moving uh, but even if you're moving just from one studio to another or just clearing it out for purposes of having more space, that's a really basic question. Why Why do I want this particular piece of artwork? So I did keep a few things for sentimental reasons. I mean, they were things I did in high school or <laughs> something like that and, and really no, no value to them, uh, to anyone else. But I think it's fine to keep some things. You don't have to be really brutal. But you're aiming to clear out whatever your situation is. For me, I was aiming to clear out maybe 80%, 75 to 80% of what I had in terms of old work. Um, Yeah, and I, I think it's best to do that kind of in several passes. Um, you know, it's to at least for me, um, a lot of times I can kind of go through stuff and almost instantly throw away about 50% of it. Yeah. Um, and it's that maybe if, if your goal is getting to that, you know, 80% reduction, uh, then you got to go through a couple more times and say, okay, how do mm -hmm. I really need this? Do I really mm -hmm. want it? How much will I miss it? Is it something that's easily replaceable is another good, good thing to ask yourself. If it's something that's easily replaceable, then it, it should be easier to let go of it because you can always uh, just buy another one. Uh, if you need it. Yeah, sometimes you'd think you've kept a lot of stuff just because you think someday you're going to need it. <laughs> exactly. And, and art from high school obviously is not easily replaceable. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you just pick a few of the, your favorite pieces or something like that if, if you have like a yeah. large volume of that kind of thing. But anything that is, that is, you know, you order it from Amazon and it's here in two days if you really need it, uh, that that should be something that's pretty easy to let go of. Um, you know, it, there's like you mentioned, there's oftentimes there's there's large volumes of stuff that we have just in case that that we have hung on to for literally uh, decades. And uh, 
at some point, it's time to let go of that stuff. Right. Yeah. And and talking about artwork in that way, um, Allison did mention that she she would have maybe a couple things in a body of work that she wanted to keep. And then other parts of that weren't as good, other pieces in that related to that one, the ones that she was going to keep. And I experienced that as well, actually, um, especially with larger, I had some really large charcoal drawings, and I just, I just destroyed most of them. A friend was around and helped me choose, I think, two or three that I wanted to keep. Uh, but until I had that discussion and really thought about it, I was thinking of them as a group. You know, do I want this group of drawings or not? No, just keep a few. And that, that makes sense, I think, just to, to keep the best examples. Things that um, I don't know if they'll ever do anything but sit in a drawer, frankly. <laughs> but, but um, you know, I probably won't ever use them or show them. But it's, you know, there's a, there's a thread that you want to keep somewhat connected to your development and your, your older work. So that, but these choices, they're, they're pretty tough. And, and um, it can be kind of, I don't know, like you say, doing it in small increments is, is a good idea. Go through the stuff that you know you want to get rid of and then step back and go through it again. Um, so what do you do with all that artwork that you're not going to keep? And, and here's where I've got a lot of input um, from both Allison and Cindy and my own experience, because it's a tough thing. You don't, most of it, you don't want to just absolutely destroy it and put it in the dumpster. A lot of what you have there has value to someone else, even if you don't really want it. So for me, the biggest successful thing was having a studio sale. And I know that we did a podcast about this at the time. Um, but it was really successful. It was mostly by appointment. And also at the sale, I had some free things that people could just take. Um, not only artwork, but art books, art supplies. And that was great. You know, people would come in and some would just leave with some free stuff. And that was absolutely fine. And a lot of the artwork was really reduced in price because I did just want to see it gone. I wanted to find homes for it. And um, it, it was it was just really nice to see people were happy to get things. And so if you're actually moving your whole house too, you may have people coming to look at a dresser or something and you can say, oh, and you know, have a look at my studio as well. <laughs> so you can, you know, you may get people coming for one thing and direct them to your artwork as well and, and something might happen there. So that's a physical in-person sale and it's a lot of work, but I think I spent the first three weeks maybe when I first started tackling the studio going through artwork, first of all, and then arranging this sale. And then all that was out of the way, and I could move on to things that were actually a little bit easier, not as personal. So I also want to talk about my friend Cindy Stapper, because she had a really good experience with an online sale. And there's a program called Artwork Archive that I've probably mentioned on here before. And um, there are a lot of features on there that allow you to set up a gallery of your work. You can send a private email to people um, on your mailing list if you want them to have first choice. And it generates invoices. And it's just, it's very cool. So that's what she used. She used Artwork Archive. 
and um, she she had a link to a public page of her work that she promoted on social media. And like I said, she also emailed collectors with like a preview, private link. And she said, uh, this is a quote, I got it already, then I used specific dates. It had a beginning and it had an end, though I left the link up afterwards. I started posting teasers the week before and then a post each day with a live walkabout video. My advice is to think about the steps you would go through with a physical gallery show and then translate that to do them online. So she was really happy with the outcome of this. And I, I bought a piece from her at the time. I saw, you know, I tuned into her uh, promotion for this and it was so well done. Um, the only problem with this online sale is that you are also going to have to, unless uh, somebody in your local, you know, near you is going to come in and pick up the piece, you may have to ship things. And so if you're going to do it that way and allow people at a distance to buy it, it's really better to do this before you ever start um, getting involved in your in your clearing and your downsizing because it takes a while to process uh, what people are buying, to package it up and shift it, ship it. So um, again, speaking from experience, it it's fine if people are just going to come in and pick it up. That's great. So what else can you do with all this old work? You can obviously give it to your friends and family. Um, really, the first choice of anything you don't want to keep should go to the people that are close to you. And not only because you love and care about the people that are getting the artwork, but it also, to your advantage, kind of keeps it in your realm. You know, it doesn't just disappear with somebody you don't know very well. So that if you ever did have a use for it or want to, you know, use it in a show or just see it again, you can. And so, um, you know, Ross, you graciously took quite a few pieces <laughs> to Florida. And now it's so fun to go into your house and see all that hanging. It's like a lot of earlier work that I still like to see. So if you have friends and family that are interested in your work, you know, that's that's a great thing. Um Maybe you can also give it away to people that you don't know. And a great way to do this is um, if you have a, a building in your community that has a lot of artist studios in it. Um, sometimes there's an old warehouse building or something like that. And you can um, just leave in the hallway, just leave a pile of stuff and say, you know, free. And I also did that at a place... Um, in Wisconsin that I live near, I left some stuff in the hallway, including artwork, not all of it. Some of it was studio furniture and stuff, but it all disappeared. <laughs> and so um, that's that was heartwarming, actually, that people wanted it, so that was good. Um, another thing you can do, donate it. Um, arts organizations, hospitals, nursing homes, charity auctions, charity shops, um, you know, this is a little more complicated because you have to get an agreement. You know, you don't just drop it at the door, <laughs> maybe with a with a goodwill or something, but something like an arts organization, they're going to have a process that you go through to donate. But it's fine, and it feels really good to get some of your older work into a place like that. Um, and all everything I'm talking about, how to deal with this artwork applies not only to stuff that you've done, but also what other people have done and you've collected. And that, and, and you, 
you're not taking it with you. And that has its own challenges. <laughs> I mean, you could possibly ask the person if they'd like it back again, if that won't hurt their feelings, or just quietly find some other way to deal with it. And I know we're getting down to break time, but just two things I want to say about if you're really going to destroy this stuff that you don't want anymore, a lot of people have some kind of ritual destruction, whether they put it on a bonfire or tear it up or something. And Allison and her husband ended up putting stuff in the dumpster. Uh, and she said that her husband had been so helpful with this part, he insisted on sawing old work up a bit. And then they went into the dumpster. And that was partly to make things more manageable. So he's sawing through the, you know, the cradles or the frames. Um, they were more manageable, like in packets, but also said there was no way to connect it back to me. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. All right. Well, let's take a quick break to look at what deals are available from Blick. Utrecht Artist Imperfect Oil Paint Tubes and Cans are now 65% off. Blick is clearing out imperfect tubes of Utrecht Artist Oil Paints. This is your chance to stock up on these professional quality oil paints at incredible sale prices. Limited quantities available while supplies last. All sales are final. Prized by professionals for their brilliant color, rich texture, outstanding light fastness, and excellent long-term performance, Utrecht has been handcrafting these fine artist oil colors in Brooklyn, New York for over 50 years. High pigment concentrations guarantee superior tinting strength and remarkable vibrancy straight from the tube. These are the same high-quality Utrecht artist oils that you normally buy. They're just tubes and cans that have been dented during shipping or handling, and uh, they're just not quite perfect, but it's the same high-quality paint inside. To get the imperfect Utrecht artist oil paint tubes and cans at 65% off list price, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash B-L-I-C-K. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, then Blick will donate a very generous 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast, which really helps us to pay bills around here. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That's all for now. Let's get back into the show. Okay, so the other big category of things that you're going to be dealing with as you clear out your studio. And hopefully I've covered artwork pretty well, but what about all those supplies that you don't want? And this can be a really tedious part of the project. Um, Allison mentioned going through all of her piles of, in quotes, capless, messy tubes of oil paint. Hmm, I relate to that. And discarding any that were no longer usable or they were like mostly used up. And she said, I'm a total materials lush, so I'm not good at getting rid of art materials in general. <laughs> this can be very challenging because you collect some stuff over the years that you have in mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to use this at some point. So the challenge is, you know, are you really going to use it again? And it's like what you were saying earlier about if... If it's something you can acquire again, and especially art materials that are not very expensive, then it makes sense to to donate them, get rid of them, give them to somebody, um, if replacing wouldn't be a big deal. And even some things that you have that might not be the best quality, you can replace them with an upgrade, which you might not do 
if you have the other ones around, <laughs> frankly. So I remember a, a big box of colored pencils I had. They weren't the best grade of colored pencils, and I really don't use them very much, so I gave all that away. Um, and anything like, I mean, I don't really use small panels very much, so I gave away some small panels and that kind of thing, drawing paper that, you know, wasn't maybe up to my current desires for drawing paper. Um, there's also maybe some things that you have that are, oh, you've you've started something, but you never finished it. And so you got paint on this board or this canvas, and you think, well, I should keep that because I'm going to finish it. And then you have to really look yourself in the eye and say, are you really going to finish this? I mean, there's something about going back to a half-painted board years later that can be just sort of sad. So <laughs> I gave away a lot of those, and people were happy to have them. Um, just, I mean, there wasn't really anything developed on the board. It was just a bunch of color down. So, like I said, give away what you can. You can put a, a table up during your studio sale. You can put something in a, like if you have a community newsletter or something like Free Cycle, you may find some very eager recipients. Um, anything that children could use, um, you can donate to, say, a daycare center or somewhere else where kids congregate as long as it's you know, safe for them or, or a family that wants it. So um, supplies, yeah, it's, like I said, tedious. You probably have an awful lot of this stuff and it's just, I don't know, a lot. We, we have a lot of little false starts in our art supply, um, you know, journey. And <laughs> sometimes we buy things that we really never do use. Um, a lot of us also have a lot of art books and this is another pretty tough category but in truth, you have to ask yourself, when was the last time I looked at this? What is its interest to me going forward? And so, you know, identifying the ones that you really want to keep and the ones that maybe not, and those can be donated or given away. And at least it's pretty easy to get rid of art books. <laughs> you know, they're, they're something that other people are going to appreciate more than, say, your half-dried up tubes of oil paint or something. It's a beautiful art book. Okay. Again, I had stacks of these I gave away and I think I got takers for just about everything. Um, so if you've been teaching workshops and now you're moving and maybe you're still teaching, maybe it was in the past, but teachers, instructors tend to gather a lot of stuff. Um, supplies for their students, demo panels, files, all this stuff. And it serves a purpose for a time, but over time, you also change what you're offering your students or what you bring to class. And when I cleaned out my studio, there was a lot of that. And, and most of it was kind of junky, and I just probably threw away most of it. Um, keep anything valuable or pass on to somebody else who's teaching. Um, then you're going to have things like studio furniture and equipment, tables, maybe some easels that you don't want, um, carts, tabourets, shelves. So anything that has a potential life going forward um, can be donated, given away. Um, Allison said it was very satisfying to give away all kinds of things. And, and this was in her... She, 
the the warehouse studio that she had where there were other people in the building. Lots of young artists at Lincoln Warehouse that received my treasured plants, studio furniture, and art materials. We've also given plenty to our neighbors that have been helping haul stuff and taken plenty to Goodwill. And the last category I want to talk about is this miscellaneous category, because as, as you said in the intro, there's artists tend to collect and just sort of put things in their studio that they find interesting, inspiring, related to their work. So it could be anything, you know, from like here in New Mexico, I've got a lot of rocks in my studio. <laughs> Those can just be put outside if I ever need to get rid of them. But um, I didn't move them from Wisconsin. I also had rocks. So it could be like rocks, pieces of old metal, um, vintage stuff, anything you collect. And um, and then there's also the collections of, of really just, I don't know what to say, junk like, oh, maybe a stack of, I found a stack of plates that I was using to mix colors on. They were from Goodwill originally. You know, I'm certainly not going to keep those. And now they're covered with paint. So there's all this kind of junky stuff that you use once in a while, but you can acquire again easily enough. As far as your collections of stuff and the stuff that's interesting to you, a lot of times the pleasure that you get out of it is collecting it in the first place. And maybe it's not that important to keep anymore. And we also go through times when we're focused on something and we're collecting in relation to that. And then later on, it just isn't as important. So I think you can recognize when you look at you know, your pile of whatever that you've put together over the years for your own enjoyment, if there's anything there that really needs to be kept. And if you're going to let it go and you feel sort of not sure, take a picture. <laughs> Pictures can be useful in a lot of ways in this process, just sort of documenting things or helping you remember something that you really don't want to keep. So that's about, that's about it for tips. I mean, that <laughs> There's plenty more that other people have experienced, I'm sure. Well, and this is this is an evergreen topic because it doesn't just have to do with moving. It is something that I, th I think is important to do on a regular basis, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have limited space. I know that you've moved into a smaller studio space yes. than what you had in Wisconsin. So it needs to be an ongoing project to absolutely and you realize why why do i have this huge pile of cardboard in the corner already <laughs> i don't need it <laughs> you know something about cardboard like that's a really good piece of cardboard i'm going to hang on to that <laughs> so yes ongoing and i i love the story of the painter agnes martin who every year would destroy her paintings that she wasn't happy with is kind of a ritual, I think, and, you know, cut them up. And I just think that's kind of brave and, and a good thing to do. I don't do it, but it's a good story. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this topic? Um, yeah, and I, I, um, I know that downsizing and decluttering and all of that stuff as a really general topic has been in the general media for years now. You know, there's well-known books about it and this whole aesthetic about, you know, if you don't really want it, get rid of it. But I do think as artists, we have particular challenges because of the really personal 
aspect of what we're dealing with and the fact that we don't know, we have to decide is what we're keeping part of our kind of ongoing creative journey or is it really something we've left behind and or, or something that really doesn't have much meaning in, in terms of our work. So it's a little different than cleaning out your kitchen cupboards or something. And that's what I, I guess, just acknowledging that it's, it's a difficult process. Um, and also the value of things isn't as clear when it's artwork. <laughs> Maybe that's sometimes a criteria for things that you keep, but the value of artwork is so subjective and, um, and personal that that's not really a consideration. <laughs> so um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a tough process, and I, I feel for anybody who's going through it at the moment. <laughs> All right, well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out rostickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.